We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or, of course, for live streaming on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and we have uh, quite a show this evening lined up for you. And as usual, we're going to be beginning our, with our jazz feature which we always do at the top of the show. Well, it's October already. Can you believe it? October. Yeah, Halloween month. And, uh, well, <laughs> uh, yes, well, we won't get into uh, all of that which follows Halloween. Um, however, it's a little too early for all of that kind of stuff. But it's coming. That's a fair warning. Anyway, October 1st. And for the month of October, the jazz features are going to be on rather obscure alto saxophonists, all incredible musicians, but musicians uh, either deserving of wider recognition or, in some cases, unknown, um, underrecorded, all this kind of stuff, but uh, very very innovative people uh, on the alto saxophone. And this evening, we're going to begin with one of my favorites. Now, I'm sure that most of you out there, uh, especially jazz fans, have heard of Phil Woods. Okay? This isn't Phil Woods. This is Jimmy Woods. Doesn't ring a bell, does it? Jimmy Woods is an incredible saxophonist uh, who came to jazz in mid-adolescence, and he was born in St. Louis, Missouri, October 29, 1934. Um, he moved to Michigan when he was uh, a young kid and then moved to Seattle, and he began to play in the city of Seattle. Um, he learned the clarinet and uh, the, the tenor and the alto saxophone, which became his favorite instrument. And uh, he began working with a, a rhythm and blues band led by a guy named Homer Carter. Now, after that, um, he served in the Air Force from 1952 to 1956. And, of course, he played in bands uh, in the U.S. Air Force, played at officers, club dances, and all that kind of stuff. And after he was discharged from the U.S. Air Force, uh, he moved with his family to Los Angeles, and he began sitting in um, with different musicians in the Los Angeles, kind of the, the underground um, group of jazz musicians that were mostly African-American, and uh, little clubs around Watts and Com Compton and so on and so forth. Um, Jimmy always took day jobs, and uh, he had a, a job as a stock boy at uh, a big department store in L.A. at the time, Bullock's Department Store. And he met a fellow who was an elevator operator there, and that fellow was Ornette Coleman. So they became friends, and there's really no influence of Ornette Coleman in, in Jimmy's playing. However, he's a very adventurous player, but if he had any influence at all, it would be Sonny Rollins. And uh, after a while, uh, Jimmy began to work with uh, 
Roy Milton, the great uh, rhythm and blues singer. And that was a good combo. And, and uh, Jimmy became musical director of that. And he um, was able to, uh, to make a living actually playing music full time. And uh, unfortunately, while during his time with Roy Milton, his tenor saxophone was stolen. And he picked up the alto which he had played before, but he really fell in love with the alto saxophone. He felt much more comfortable with that instrument, and that really became a love of Jimmy's, and he decided he was going to specialize on the alto saxophone. Eventually, he started playing um, with um, legendary pianist Horace Tabscott. He began working with uh, a wonderful trumpet player by, by the name of Joe Gordon, uh, Joe Gordon actually came to Vancouver at one time and in, in, uh, played at the original Cellar. Great musician, wonderful trumpet player. Um, died far too young. Died in a fire in 1963, which is too bad. Anyway, um, he began playing with Joe Gordon, Teddy Edwards, and, and different other um, musicians around the L.A. area and, and sitting in at clubs and getting the odd little gig. And... Joe Gordon had a recording session and decided to use Jimmy on his album called Looking Good uh, for Contemporary Records. And uh, that was the first real hearing that anyone had of Jimmy Woods. And, of course, uh, people remarked on, on how adventurous his playing was and how he enhanced Joe Gordon's recording session. So this was kind of the beginning, and this led to the powers that be at Contemporary Records to uh, ask Jimmy to record on his own. And this is the album that we're going to listen to this evening. It's called Awakening. And interestingly enough, Jimmy only recorded two albums in his lifetime. This one and a really fine album that came later called Conflict. And we're going to feature that before the end of the year. But uh, for now, this is Jimmy's debut album under his own name. And a little addenda to, to uh, the career of Jimmy Woods. Um, I heard him live when he replaced Charles Lloyd in Chico Hamilton's band way back in 1965. And I had a very brief conversation with Jimmy. He wasn't really a talkative fellow. But I, I told him that I just loved his playing. But he was playing in Chico Hamilton's band, and he was actually um, uh, playing more tenor saxophone than he actually wanted to play. He wanted to play his alto more, tenor saxophone and flute, because he had replaced Charles Lloyd. And he wasn't terribly happy in Chico's band. Um, although he sounded good, uh, he looked kind of uncomfortable in the band. And he told me that he, um, he had studied, he got, he got his university degree uh, in social work, and he said, I think I'm going to quit music uh, after this gig with Chico and, uh, and become a social worker because I think I could do more good for society being a social worker than being a damn jazz musician. And I'm quoting his words. After that, little was heard of Jimmy. That was pretty well, um, that was pretty well it. And to this day, nobody knows where he or his family is. Jimmy would be in his 80s now. Uh, whether he's alive, whether he's dead, we don't know. He just 
disappeared from the scene after his gig with Chico Hamilton. However, his music is very much alive on this record, and it's a wonderful recording, and we're going to listen to it this evening. We have uh, the opening, the people involved here. The recording is in two sessions. The first session took place in September of 1961 in Los Angeles, and the second session uh, took place a little later on in February of 1962. So we'll play the first session first, and then uh, I'll come back and tell you what you're going to hear on the second session. It's all involved in, in one record. However, here are the people involved. Jimmy Woods on alto saxophone, uh, along with Amos Trice, my old friend, Amos Trice on piano, wonderful piano player. Um, Amos uh, uh, and I go back a long time. He passed away a number of years ago. Great piano player. Taught me a lot of stuff. Um, I had some music lessons from Amos. And he was very good to me. Uh, Amos Trice is heard on piano. Jimmy Bond on bass. And Milton Turner on drums. And Milton went on to play with Ray Charles' band for many, many years. Great drummer. So those are the people involved. And um, the first tune that we're going to hear is Jimmy with this quartet. And he's going to do a, a rather obscure standard tune called Circus. It's a great tune. Not heard very often. Then we're going to add a wonderful trumpet player from Texas by the name of Martin Banks, who's got a real popping kind of trumpet style, and for the next two tunes. And the title track is tune number two, called Awakening, and tune number three is called A New Twist. Then Martin is going to take a, a rest on the next tune, and trumpeter Joe Gordon is going to replace him on tune number four, and it's called Anticipation. And the final tune of this September session, uh, the two trumpeters join Jimmy on the final tune, and it's Cole Porter's famous standard, Love for Sale. So those five tunes are the first five that we're going to hear, and then I'll tell you who's on the second session after we hear these tunes. So here then, if you've never heard Jimmy Woods before, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. He's got a beautiful sound on his alto saxophone. It's rather haunting, almost like a, a very hollow sound. Um, um, a, a unique sound. And, of course, uh, he's a very adventurous player. So we'll hear him now. The Artistry of Jimmy Woods. Thank you. 
the first part of our jazz feature this evening. And, of course, you heard the uh, very adventurous playing of the great Jimmy Woods on alto saxophone, leading the session, along with, uh, we heard Jimmy um, in a quartet setting to open the set with a standard tune called Circus. And Jimmy was backed up by um, the wonderful Amos Trice on piano, Jimmy Bond on bass, and Milt Turner on drums. Then the second two tunes, he was joined by Texas trumpeter Martin Banks. And we heard uh, the title track, Awakening, by composition by Jimmy Woods. And a fun kind of a, uh, almost a, a rockabilly-style tune called A New Twist. And that was uh, uh, showing Jimmy's more humorous side, and that was his own composition. Uh, then Martin Banks sat out the next tune, and uh, Jimmy was joined by Joe Gordon on trumpet. And we heard uh, another Woods comp- composition entitled Anticipation. And then tune number five, both trumpet players joined Jimmy on uh, this incredible version of Cole Porter's Love for sale. So those were the results of the first recording session for Contemporary Records from this album called Awakening. And this was uh, Jimmy Woods' debut album under his own name. It came out on Contemporary Records, and it was recorded in September of 1961. The second part of the album is what we're going to feature now. And it features Jimmy in a quartet setting. So he's the only horn, along with uh, Dick Whittington on piano. And the wonderful uh, early recording by the great bassist Gary Peacock. He's, and once again, Milton Turner on drums. And all of this was recorded in February of 1962. And it features three Jimmy Woods compositions. And according to the notes on the album, it's these three tracks that Jimmy was most satisfied with. And uh, I can kind of see why. Uh, His playing is magnificent on here. So the first tune we're going to hear is uh, called Not Yet. And the second tune is dedicated to his son, who was Jimmy Woods Jr., of course. And it was called Little Jim. And the third tune is dedicated to Jimmy's wife. And it's called Roma, and that wraps up the session. So once again, Jimmy Woods on alto saxophone, Dick Whittington on piano, Gary Peacock on bass, and Milton Turner on drums from Jimmy's album, Awakening. And of course, uh, beginning this month, featuring undeservedly uh, obscure alto saxophonists. So here's Jimmy.
Our jazz feature this evening, the obscure and wonderful alto saxophonist, originally from St. Louis, Missouri, and grew up in Seattle and Saginaw, Michigan, and of course moved to Los Angeles and became part of the underground scene there. Jimmy Woods on alto saxophone. This is from the uh, second session, which made up this album, recorded in uh, L.A. February 19th, 1962. Jimmy on alto saxophone, Dick Whittington on piano, Gary Peacock on bass, and Milton Turner on drums. And we heard three Jimmy Woods compositions. First one was entitled Not Yet. The second one was dedicated to his little son called Little Jim. And the third one was dedicated to his wife and it was entitled Roma. The unique and wonderful alto saxophone stylings of the one and only Jimmy Woods. And this was from his debut album, which came out on Presti on um, Contemporary Records and entitled Awakening. And this was only one of two albums that he recorded under his own name. His second album is uh, quite an adventurous album as well. It's called Conflict. And we'll hear that sometime before the end of the year. I'm going to uh, do a jazz feature on that album. So there you go. Anyway, our jazz feature artist, the first of um, our October jazz features, which, of course, are obscure, uh, lesser-known exponents of the alto saxophone and we have uh, some more on tap and we'll tell you about that when we broadcast that recording so this evening the wonderful jimmy woods born in st louis missouri october 29th 1934 and his whereabouts whether he's still alive um absolutely unknown he disappeared from the music scene in the mid-60s and um, basically was never heard from again. Sad to say. And uh, I know that he became a social worker, and I think that's, uh, that took up the rest of, his, uh, rest of his life. So that's it. Jimmy Woods, Awakening. All right, you are listening to The Jazz Show on CRTR FM 101.9. Or, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca. And my name's Gavin Walker. This is The Jazz Show. We have a couple of announcements, and we'll be back with some music by the one and only George Benson. The Vancouver International Film Festival is back this fall. Experience the best Canadian and world cinema in your own backyard. There's tons of films and documentaries, fused with industry creator talks, live music, and immersive events. You can catch the world premiere of Robin Hay's Anthem of a Teenage Prophet, maybe a creator talk with Michael Schur of NBC's The Good Place, or a screening of Jason Reitman's The Frontrunner, starring Hugh Jackman. The festival takes place from September 27th to October 12th. Tickets are on sale now at vif.org, that is viff.org. really done with politics as usual. But then it's all about the competition. Every Vancouverite has their own story. The perfect time for our alternative. Vancouver's municipal election looms. 
October 20th. Do you know who's running for city council, school board, parks board? This is a wacky municipal election, and you're going to want to stay updated. Download Seeking Office, the newest municipal elections podcast from CITR's News Collective. Find Seeking Office on iTunes and Stitcher, or wherever you download your podcasts, starting July 3rd. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Honkameenam-speaking Musqueam people. George Benson is an incredible musician. There is no doubt he's still very much alive. He's performing. Of course, um, he has become, uh, he's done everything in, in the music business. From someone who is basically self-taught uh, on the guitar, um, he is, and of course, he, he sings, um, all of that kind of stuff. This is from an early George Benson album when he had a little regular band that he put together with uh, Himself, of course, on guitar, uh, Dr. Lonnie Smith on Hammond organ, and Ronnie Cooper on baritone saxophone, one of the great voices of that instrument, and my old friend Jimmy Lovelace on drums. And this was uh, George's regular working band uh, back in the mid-'60s, and he was really just beginning to... um, get out there and he signed a contract with Columbia Records and he uh, performed this album uh, called The Most Exciting New Guitarist on the Jazz Scene Today. There's the title of it and the album is called It's Uptown with the George Benson Quartet. We're going to hear some tracks from that. Uh, The first tune is a George Benson composition called Clockwise and then we're going to hear another one called Jaguar and then we're going to hear um, a ballad following that, Willow Weep for Me. And then we're going to hear one called The Minor Bird Blues. The George Benson Quartet. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
The amazing George Benson from an early album on Columbia Records called It's Uptown. And we heard uh, a bunch of tunes with uh, George's working quartet of the time with, of course, Mr. Benson on guitar, um, Dr. Lonnie Smith, before he became the doctor, on Hammond organ, Ronnie Cuber on baritone saxophone, and Jimmy Lovelace on drums. And we heard four tunes from this album. 
First one was a Benson composition entitled Clockwise, and then we heard a funky thing entitled Jaguar, and then a ballad, uh, the great uh, Anne Ronell tune, Willow Weep for Me. And the final tune was an up-tempo Benson original entitled The Minor Bird Blues. George Benson, oh yeah. And of course, George is still doing so many things today. A great, great musician. Monsieur Benson. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca for live streaming. My name is Gavin Walker, and after these messages, we'll be back with a musician, a very fine musician I've just been introduced to. Uh, he lives in Toronto. Some of the people on here, you might know the musicians. And we're going to play something from an album that just came into my hand. Scott Marshall is his name, and he has a band called the Jazz-Tis League. And um, we're going to hear a track or two from this very fine album. Right after this. AMS Food Bank. Your access to money during the studies at UBC will most likely be limited, but it is a priority of the AMS Food Bank to ensure your access to food is not. The AMS Food Bank provides emergency food relief seven days a week for all UBC students. To volunteer with the Food Bank or for inquiries about how to take advantage of the services provided, contact them at foodbank at ams.ubc.ca. For more information, find the AMS Food Bank on Facebook or feel free to visit anytime across from the Wellness Centre and Sprouts. The Vancouver Municipal Election is on October 20. Who's running? What's their platform? How do they plan to solve Vancouver's most pressing problems? Stay informed on all the important issues. Come to the Vancouver Mayoral All-Candidates Meeting. You'll hear the candidates present their key platform initiatives and address important questions. It's happening at the Heritage Hall from 7 to 8.30 p.m. on Monday, October 1st. See you there. for the week. We had a beautiful, uh, kind of uh, wonderful week last week. Uh, it's changed, of course, as it does this time of year. And tonight is going to be cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower and a low of 11. Then tomorrow, a few showers ending near noon and then cloudy with a low of 11 and a high of 11. Uh, not much change in temperature. Wednesday, Cloudy with a 30% chance of a shower with a low of 5 and a high of 14. Thursday, basically the same with a low of 7, high of 14. Friday, cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower with a low of 7, high of 14. Again, uh, for Saturday, exactly the same forecast. And on Sunday, a mix of sun and cloud 
with a low of 7 and a high of 15. So there's the picture for the week. Kind of um, not like it was last week, but uh, not really that severe either. Oh, man. They've gotten snow in some parts of Canada already. See? And, of course, if um, you're driving in the Fraser Valley or up to Coquihalla and so on, uh, it's, pr- it's mandatory now that you have uh, winter tires on your car. So um, that's become uh, <laughs> the garages, uh, Canadian Tire and all these places and independent garages are all uh, putting tires on uh, cars, etc., etc. Uh, it's that time of year. Scott Marshall. I was just turned on to this uh, young man. He lives, um, all these musicians are based in Toronto. And um, he's a new name to me, and I think he's a very, very fine uh, tenor saxophonist. And we're going to hear a couple of tunes from this album. His band is called the Jazz Tiss League, and um, this is uh, an album called the Dream Logic Project. And it features uh, Scott on tenor saxophone, along with Mike Rudd on guitar, who spent a lot of time here in Vancouver. And the wonderful Dave Restivo on piano, Dave Young on bass, and Nick Fraser on drums. And we're going to hear two tunes, both uh, compositions by Scott Marshall. The first one tune is called The Anthropocene. The Anthropocene. And the second tune is dedicated to the name of his band, The Jazz Tiss League. So here then, Scott Marshall. And um, if you're interested in this album, it's independent production, uh, you can go on the uh, website, Scott's website, which is www.scottdouglasmarshall, all one word, dot com. So here then is Scott Marshall. Thank you. 
two tracks from this uh, very fine album by Toronto-based saxophonist Scott Marshall. And uh, he is, his band is called the Just, the Jazz-Tiss League. Uh, Scott on tenor saxophone, Mike Rudd on guitar, Dave Restivo on piano, Dave Young on bass, and Nick Fraser on drums. And we heard two tunes, both compositions by Scott Marshall. Uh, the first one was called The Anthropocene, and the second one was entitled the Jazz-Tiss League. And uh, this independently produced album um, was recorded way back uh, in 2017, July 13th. And uh, you can check it out. Get on, the, uh, uh, on your computer. Check out uh, www.scottdouglasmarshall.com. And uh, that's all one word. And uh, you can get an angle on the if you like this album and like to have it, it's a very nice uh, recording. It's called The Dream Logic Project. Scott Marshall and the Jazz League. We're going to go now to a wonderful uh, young singer who uh, was a graduate of Cap College here in Vancouver. She has her own album out. I played a couple of tracks a few weeks ago. The album is called Endings Rarely Are. And the singer... The vocalist is Natasha D'Agostino. And Natasha wrote the first tune that we're going to hear. Uh, it's called Home. And then uh, she, after that, we're going to uh, hear her do the great standard tune, I'll Be Seeing You. And Natasha is accompanied by David Blake on guitar, Paul Rushka on bass, and Bernie Arai on drums. And uh, this is a very fine, independently produced album by um, Natasha. And um, it's her recording debut. Very, very fine vocalist. Natasha D'Agostino.
chestnut trees the wishing well I'll be seeing you in every lovely summer day in everything that's light and gay I'll always think of you that way I'll find you in the morning sun and when the night is new I'll be looking at
places that this heart of mine embraces all day through. In that small cafe, the park across the way, the children's carousel, the chestnut trees, the wishing well. Vocal stylings of Natasha D'Agostino from her album Endings Rarely Are. We heard two tunes. Um, Natasha was accompanied by the full band, David Blake on guitar, Paul Rushka on bass, and Bernie Arai on drums. And on the first tune, her own composition called Home. And the second tune was uh, just Natasha and David Blake. And the song, of course, was the familiar I'll Be Seeing You. Natasha D'Agostino, Endings Rarely Are. And again, uh, this album is um, available. It's an independent production. And uh, you can get on to, um, if you go on the web, you can get to... uh, Triple W, Natasha D'Agostino, all one word, and um, dot com, N-A-T-A-S-H-A-D-A-G-O-S-T-I-N-O. You remember that? Yeah, dot com. All right, Natasha D'Agostino. Now, I've got a, a rare treat for you. This is uh, an amazing recording by an amazing band. It's actually a bootleg, but then there's so much good stuff that is uh, has been bootlegged. This is a European concert that took place at the uh, Teatro Olympia in Paris, January 19th, 1963, and this innovative group led by the giant of the tenor saxophone, Sonny Rollins. This was one of his most adventurous groups, and of course he got two of the people from Ornette Coleman's band. I'm talking about Don Cherry on trumpet and Billy Higgins on drums, and the bassist on here is the great Henry Grimes. This was quite a quartet, and we're going to hear one of uh, Sonny's great blues compositions. And both Don Cherry and Sonny Rollins are just amazing on this piece of music. And it's a long one, and it just, what can I say? We're going to listen to it now. Sunny Moon for two. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
marathon performance and an amazing performance not professionally recorded but not bad considering um it <laughs> turned out to be a european bootleg um but this was one of sonny rollins most adventurous uh groups and of course he was in a very adventurous period in his evolution all of this was recorded in paris at the teatro olympia on January 19th, 1963, when Rollins and company were uh, on a tour of Europe. And we heard, of course, Sonny on tenor saxophone and some incredible trumpet work, very original stylist by the one and only Don Cherry. On bass, sort of holding everything together, Henry Grimes. And on drums, the wonderful, smiling Billy Higgins. And, of course, that was, uh, as I mentioned, a marathon rendition of Sonny Rollins' blues tune, Sonny Moon for Two. Sonny Rollins, all right. We're going to tone things down a little bit now with um, two beautiful tunes by alto saxophonist Art Pepper. And this is one of Art's favorite of his own albums. Uh, he had wanted to do this for a long time, record with strings. And the strings are here, along with Stanley Cowell on piano, Howard Roberts on guitar, Cecil McBee on bass, and Carl Burnett on drums, and a string section. Cellos, violins, etc. And we're going to hear two tunes. Uh, the first one is an Art Pepper composition entitled Our Song. And the second tune is a beautiful Hoagie Carmichael tune, the title track uh, of this album. It's called Winter Moon. So here then, the great late voice of the alto saxophone, Art Pepper. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you. 
two beautiful pieces from this album by Art Pepper, one of uh, his favorite albums, and an album that he wanted to do for many, many years, and it was finally accomplished in September of 1980, and Art Pepper with Strings, and um, we heard Art accompanied by Stanley Cowell on piano, Howard Roberts on guitar, uh, Cecil McBee on bass, and Carl Burnett on drums, and a string section. We heard two tunes from this album. The first one was entitled Our Song, written by Art Pepper, and the second one was a very beautiful uh, piece of music written by Hoagie Carmichael, the writer of Stardust, and so many beautiful tunes, Skylark. Um, this one was called Winter Moon, and that's the title track from this uh, marvelous album by the great and late Art Pepper, one of the most prominent voices of the alto saxophone. We're going to turn to a rare recording session done in Los Angeles um, back in the sometime around 1962, featuring the tenor saxophone work of a, a gentleman who went on to uh, become an actor on television for so many years. Wonderful, underrated saxophone player by the name of Curtis Amy. And here is Curtis with Marcus Belgrave, the great Detroit trumpeter, um, Roy Brewster on valve trombone, Roy Ayers on vibes, John Houston, an old friend of mine on piano, George Morrow on bass, and Tony Baisley on drums. We're going to hear two tunes. Um, the first tune, uh, both tunes are written by Curtis Amy, and the first one is entitled A Soulful Bee, A Soulful Rose, and the second tune is entitled 24-Hour Blues. So here then, the tenor saxophone stylings of Curtis Amy and Company. Thank you. 
That was a band led by tenor saxophonist Curtis Amy. And uh, these are rather elusive recordings, um, hard to find, uh, this particular session. Curtis on tenor saxophone, and from Detroit, Marcus Belgrave on trumpet. Roy Brewster on valve trombone, Roy Ayers on vibes, John Houston on piano, George Morrow on bass, and Tony Baisley on drums. And we heard two tunes written by Curtis Amy. The first one was called A Soulful Bee, A Soulful Rose. And the second tune was entitled 24-Hour Blues. Curtis Amy, a wonderful player, went on to become an actor on television and so on and so forth and um, passed away a few years ago. Great uh, tenor saxophone player, rather overlooked jazz figure. We're going to turn now to a wonderful recording by Art Blakey and his Jazz Messengers. His favorite band, my favorite edition of the Jazz Messengers, bar none. Lee Morgan on trumpet, Wayne Shorter on tenor saxophone, Bobby Timmons at the piano, Jimmy Merritt on bass, and Art Blakey on drums. And this is from an album. Believe it or not, when this album came out, it was reviewed in Downbeat magazine, and they gave it two and a half stars. (laughs) Unbelievable. It's now a classic, of course. Um, Many of the reviewers were really off the mark on a lot of these wonderful albums. This album continues to be one of Blakey's best-loved albums. It's called The Big Beat, and it came out on Blue Note Records. The first tune we're going to hear is a Wayne Shorter composition called The Chess Players, and then we're going to follow that with uh, Bobby Timmons' classic tune, That Dare. So here then, Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers.
Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers from an album, classic album called The Big Beat. And of course, Blakey's Messengers at that time, Lee Morgan on trumpet, Wayne Shorter on tenor saxophone, Bobby Timmons at the piano, Jimmy Merritt on bass, and of course, the mighty Art Blakey on drums. We heard two tunes. Uh, from this album. The first one was written by Wayne Shorter and called The Chess Players. And the second tune, of course, was Bobby Timmons' classic, Dat Dare. The Big Beat, all recorded March the 6th, 1960. We're going to take you to Seattle, to the penthouse. That's right. The penthouse in Seattle was a fine, upscale, wonderful jazz club that was run by a man named Charlie Puzo. And he brought in all the great artists in Seattle. It was the golden time for jazz in that city. And broadcast recordings were made from the penthouse. And uh, a lot of them have been discovered by my good friend Jim Wilkie, of course, who uh, a longtime um, jazz fan, and great uh, disc jockey in Seattle uh, for many years, was a big part of uh, uh, National Public Radio, his program, Jazz After Hours. Extremely well-informed person. Anyway, he has tons of these recordings, and uh, they're being processed, and they are being issued. And this one is wonderful because it is West Montgomery with the Winton Kelly Trio. Of course, the great Mr. Kelly on piano, Ron McClure on bass, and Jimmy Cobb on drums. And it's nice to know that uh, Ron McClure and Jimmy Cobb are still very much with us. And, of course, Wes Montgomery and Winton Kelly are playing somewhere else. But um, they're here at the penthouse. Uh, we're going to hear two tunes, uh, three tunes, actually. The first one was um, will be Wes Montgomery's classic tune, the West Coast Blues. The second follow-up tune is uh, a tune by Antonio Carlos Yobim called O Moro Nao Temvez. And the final tune was a, will be a very short version of Sonny Rollins' classic tune, Olio. So here then, the West Montgomery Trio, or the Winton Kelly Trio, featuring West Montgomery, to be correct.
Uh, yes, Wes Montgomery, from a broadcast recording that was from the Penthouse in Seattle, one of the great jazz clubs that was uh, down there. This was recorded uh, in April of 1966, and of course the great Wes Montgomery with the Winton Kelly Trio, with Winton Kelly on piano, Ron McClure on bass, and Jimmy Cobb on drums. So we heard three tunes. Uh, the first one was Wes's a wonderful composition entitled West Coast Blues. Then the second tune was written by Antonio Carlos Yobim, and the English title of that tune is Once I Loved. So we heard a wonderful bossa nova-styled uh, rendition of that tune. And the final tune, um, unfortunately, faded out because this was a radio broadcast, and I guess the time was up and that sort of thing, but we did hear a couple of marvelous uh, choruses on Sonny Rollins' Olio, effectively ending another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and we'd like to thank you for being out there this evening and hope that you can join us again Next week, we start the show every Monday night at 9 p.m. And, of course, we do our jazz feature then, and then we carry on until oh, sometime after midnight, as we always do at this uh, spot. So take care, enjoy the week, and um, have a ball and be good to yourselves. Okay? 
Take care. Bye-bye. Badoo-ba-dee-oo.